Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Cherries in Focus. It took 181 days, but Bournemouth finally got a Premier League win again. It was massive for the fans, massive for the team, massive for Andoni Iriola. We're not going to get carried away, but we're going to enjoy this moment. I've got John, Steve and Matt with me. You need to subscribe to Cherries Red Army. If you're new around here, please do hit the like button on this video. We are live and interactive on YouTube and Twitter. So do tell us wherever you are in the world, get in the chat, say hello, and let's have a good stream. John, this feels like it'll be a little bit better. It's been nice. We've been waiting for this. Yeah, I think we've all deserved this. Um, I think after after a couple of days short of half a year without uh, a league win, um, it's... Uh, it's about time we got we got that uh, we got that sweet feeling of three points again and uh, yeah it's uh, there's 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 caveats there's uh, got to consider the opposition but you've got to enjoy it while you've got to enjoy the good times while they're there. It was another rainy day at Dean Court, Steve, but there's nothing better than seeing a green tick on the Premier League board and we're outside that relegation zone. Yeah, want to see as many green ticks as we can from now on, and no umbrellas, no matter how wet it is. Don't want to see any umbrellas. Uh, um, no, it was it was a good one. Um, yeah, let's. I mean, let's not get carried away, like we say. But it's um, it's been a long time coming. We've seen some. We've had our our hopes dashed on a few occasions so far this season. Look at like the Brentford game, and uh, uh, you know we thought we might get something at Liverpool, and then it all fell apart. And you know it's kind of like you know we've really, like John said, we 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 do deserve this. There's like ten thousand fans in that stadium that deserved it because um, they've stuck with the manager and they've stuck with the boys. And yeah, it was nice to see. Fantastic. Matt, good to see you as well. And I also saw James Musselwhite outside and inside the stadium on Saturday. He's a Bournemouth fan. And he said to me, he was relieved that we got the win because it meant that our, our previous record of going 14 league games without a win in 1974, we, we ain't going to equal that. And that was when Harold Wilson, I think, was Prime Minister. So James was over the moon with that. Great to see you again, Matt, and you were there as well. I was indeed, Kirk. Yeah, great. Uh, I'm impressed with your modern history knowledge there, Kirk. It was James. Oh, James. Oh, did you get that from James? Yeah, Harold yeah. Wilson. Before I don't our know time. Who Harold Wilson is. Before, like, I know was, Harold Wilson. He's Prime Minister <laughs> in the 70s, Steve. Come on. Thought, you, thought you'd remember him. No, he's before Not our time. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was great to be there on Saturday and obviously great to get the win. I was in row B of the North Stand, so I was absolutely soaked, to be honest. <laughs> so if, we had, if we hadn't have won on Saturday, I'd have been very, very pissed off. But uh, excuse, excuse my language, but we got it done. It wasn't pretty at times, was it? But it was all about the three points on Saturday. And yeah, I forgot what the winning feeling was like. And to, to see the scoreboard with the fruit machine cherries coming up and three points is... Um, yeah, it was a nice feeling, five o'clock Saturday. Well, it's probably about quarter past five, wasn't it, with the VAR check? Absolutely. Let's see who's joining us. We've got Paul from Australia, Chris Hubble. Good to see you in the North Stand on Saturday. Thank you very much, Liam Travers. We've got Omid. Thank you for joining us. We've got Wing. We've got finally a good evening. Yes, Alan. We've got Ollie Windsor. Thank you very much for also recognising our tweet on social media. We've got AFC Bournemouth, Germany. Cameron Meach, Mark Singleton. Good to see you again inside the North Stand. Mark Cole, Carol Toller. Hope you're doing well. Wayne Walden, Fulham fan, but enjoys these streams. And Paul... Also great to see you inside the Ted Mac tent before the game. Thank you very much. Great conversations. Really good point before we get stuck on to the win, though, to talk about some really good stuff from fans 
outside of the stadium before the game. Three really kind Bournemouth fans come up to me and just express, guys, how much they love the channel, the content, even through the tough weeks that we've had. They're really enjoying the variety, the different conversations and the way we're plugging through. So thank you very much for that. Also want to take this opportunity to thank the monthly members straight away because it's growing week on week. So thank you to anyone who's joined the current monthly members. You can support the channel at buymeacoffee.com slash Cherry's Red Army. We're here. Win, lose or draw. We'll get on with it. We'll talk about it and we'll help the team and the fans get through the season. We will because that was results for Andoni Iriola. You'll see that Bournemouth beat Burnley 2-1 on Saturday and that meant that we went outside of the relegation zone. And it was 2-1 on the day. You'll see the stats coming up on the screen. And it was a few decisions that Andoni had to make leading up to kickoff, guys, with the lineups. We heard that Neto picked up an injury. We called Stoke City and got Mark Travers back. We recalled him. Radu started. Lloyd Kelly was at left back. Chris Meppham came back into the side. And Steve, it wasn't the start we wanted. But we grew into the game again. We plugged our way through it. Semenyo showed how direct and how he likes to have a shot. Previously, we see that earlier on in the season. Phil Billings, 42 yards, was the winner. And it was 2-1. Just about, as Matt said, VAR made us wait a little bit. But it was a great feeling when that full-time whistle went. Yeah, go back to the um, pre-game. And we we saw the lineups. You said like some difficult decisions. And obviously, we've heard about the likes of Neto's injury and... Then we've got uh, sort of Chris Meppham coming back in. So he looks like we've got three centre-backs. I think it was Owen, your son, that sort of made a good point that maybe it, it could have been a formation change and we could have been looking at three at the back um, with sort of Tavernier and Aarons as the wing-backs. And maybe two up top in Semenyo alongside Dom. Um, but, you know, so there was lots of conversations beforehand about what's good, what we're going to see. But actually, it turned out to be the same old formation with Kelly at left-back, who I thought... Um, might say was absolutely impeccable all all afternoon. Um, he really it was at Colliosho. He had to. Mm. He really looked after him. Well, we didn't give him anything. Um, but we, I mean, we said that you know you've got some players coming in like Mepham, Radu, um, haven't had any really you know much of a game so far, and they were both in you know didn't do a put a foot wrong. Were great. Um, albeit you know the the level of opposition is not the same as what we've been playing in previous weeks. I must admit, I thought Burnley were pretty tepid. And it, it was like, it was almost like looking in the mirror a little bit, but we had slightly better quality and maybe we had the home advantage. And um, someone did say to me, it reeked a little bit of a championship game. But, you know, when we're in no. these sorts of... Was it you, Matt? I'm sure it was somebody <laughs> said that to me. Uh, but by the by, you know, the boys, they, they, they equally as Burnley might be down on their morals, uh, laurels. Um, we could be as well, but I didn't see that on Saturday. I see, I see a team that still thought they could make, they could get something, still thought they could play, still trying to do the things, still had a bit of determination with them. Christie come back in. I thought he was brilliant everywhere he was. Like we were saying, he's like a little wind-up dog. You just wind him up and let him go, and he goes from one player to the next player to the next player, and he's just hunting down. And it really, even though he doesn't get you the numbers, there's something in that that sort of. Mm. It sort of galvanises the rest of the players to come along with him and sort of get you know go along with that sort of work ethic because I thought that's where the first goal come from for us. It was it was um, uh, Semenyo hunting the ball down 
wins it and he's in on goal and has a shot. And like we say, he 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 is that sort of player who wants to come in and make it put his mark down and have a, have a few shots, which we just a bit shy on the shoot in front of late. But I mean, their goal was a. I know that showed a lot of character actually to come back from that because we could have dropped our heads massively and it was really a pot shot from nowhere. Um, But yeah, the boys did really well. They galvanised themselves after that and there was only ever going to be one winner in my eyes. Yeah, when I saw the lineup, Matt, I was wondering when my boy said, is it going to be a back three or a back four? I think Lloyd Kelly's been immense for us the last couple of weeks. I said in that Wolves defeat that he showed leadership. We know he's been through adversity. I think he's got stronger. We know that potentially there was an option for him to consider a move, but the club didn't want to let him go. It was pivotal that we kept him. He had the captain's armband in Neto's absence. I thought he was fantastic. Again, I, I was not sure about seeing him at left back, but once I saw that rapid pace of that Burnley winger, I got it. So I think you've got to hand that to Andoni. He got that tactically spot on. He got some menu in this side. And I said that in the preview last week that I just felt like he's bullish. He's direct. He'll run. He'll shoot. That got us the equaliser. And I felt like once we got over that moment of going behind, we were the better side and, and we looked so good. We'll talk about Alex Scott in a bit, but some really good leadership from Lloyd Kelly and some strong performances. Yeah, absolutely, Kirk. And I think um, Steve's Steve's already mentioned it, but I think the thing that I found the most pleasing, really, and the most uh, encouraging and positive was the fact of how we responded to going a goal down because it would have been very easy at that point, uh, not just us, but the crowd as well. I thought the crowd were were impressive on on Saturday. I thought we all stuck with the team. We all got behind the team. We didn't uh, moan and groan too much, even though we went one down. It would have been easy to do that. And it certainly would have been easy for the players to do that. And to a man, they didn't do it. Um, I thought Burnley played into our hands somewhat. I think, obviously, with a possession-based game that they play, they want to play out from the back. And I thought our high press onto them caused them problems all game. Um, and that's probably, ultimately, what lost them the game. We, we were clearly the better side overall. I think they, they gave the ball away a lot, Burnley. Um, you know, they got away with it in the Championship. They they run rings around teams last year with their, their style of football. But... You're not going to be able to do that in the Premier League, as we've seen, unless you've got very, very good footballers like Manchester City. And unfortunately, Burnley aren't at that level. So I think they did play into our hands somewhat with um, the, the way that we, the, our style of football, our high press and our high tempo and, and pressing them high up the pitch. Um, and that resulted in the in the two goals, didn't it, really? But there were some real plus points, Kirk, like you say, Lloyd Kelly being one. Um, taking the captain's armband again, a really impressive display against a really quick winger as well. And he he, uh, he managed him very well. He managed to get him behind him a couple of times, Lloyd, but mm. uh, overall he managed him superbly, I thought, because he's got pace and strength himself as Kelly, as we know. I thought Aaron's had a good game on the other side. Chris Metham come in, I thought he was solid. Um, and also Semenya, of course, up top, um, you know, had, had a great game as well, was very busy. Alex Scott was a massive plus, and we'll come on to talk about him. But he looks like a real, a real baller, doesn't he? he really does. Mm. Uh, more to come from him. So yeah, overall, you know, the opposition wasn't great, and Burnley are going to struggle. And I think the, all three promoted teams look like they're going to really struggle when it comes to it. Um, uh, but we had to win the football match, and that's exactly what we did. And it was a great response from us, and and it was a deserved victory. I mean, I know we people said we rode our luck with the VAR and the decisions late on, but overall. We were by far the better team and, and could and should have won it by by more, really. Um, so, yeah, yeah, really pleased. 
John, you've said that before about the three promoted teams. Even if we don't win many football matches, we might still have a chance of staying up. But you don't mind really seeing the Cherries go behind because at the start of the season, we seem to do okay when we go behind. Well, we certainly don't do well when we score the first goal. Um, <laughs> literally every single game we've scored the first goal this season, we've lost. We haven't even drawn a game when we've scored the first goal. That's how bad we've been when we've scored the first goal or, or how quickly it's gone downhill, should I say. But yeah, it was, um, if anything, it was genius thinking by Iriola to give a guy that hasn't scored in eight years the opportunity to score from the edge of the box so that we have to come from behind um, and, and get points like we have been doing this season. Um, but yeah, that, that start where, you know, we had a couple of opportunities, nothing major, but we certainly looked like the dominant side to then concede in the way that we did um, to Charlie Taylor's good strike, but very unfortunate that it did, that Alex Scott wasn't able to get a block in, having looked back again. I think he goes through his legs when he goes to try and block it. To then, to, 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 to have the players not drop. And I do think, I do think that there is, we, we've had questions about their mentality recently. And for them to just really just kick back into gear pretty darn quickly, have that Tavernier chance that he manages to somehow not put in the back of the net pretty darn soon after. And then within five minutes of that, um, you've got some men you putting the ball in the back of the net who had a, who had a great performance. Um, props to the ref as well. I thought it would have been very lenient to give a foul for that one, because, but a different ref would have given a foul on that because mm. it was not a lot of pressure and Charlie Taylor, um, I think, kind of just tripped under the pressure. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think going back to the lineup, um, obviously we had, it's, it's funny, actually, the amount of, the amount of stuff I saw, uh, online on, on Twitter about people talking about formation change is like, God, it, how many, what was it under Parker? How frustrated people were with the back five and wouldn't shut up about it. Um, and now we were talking about, oh, maybe, you know, back three, you might sort things out for us. We've got the teams for it, but no, it's, it was, I was glad to see the back four. Lloyd Kelly was the perfect choice at left back. And the most important selection choice for me, given that Sonesi was injured, um, was Chris Meckham coming in. I do think that it's been underrated how much we have missed him when you consider how iffy at times, Zabani has been. Uh, the official AFC Bournemouth Twitter, Twitter account did put out, you know, the only Bournemouth player that's played every minute so far this season. Yeah. He hasn't deserved it. Um, he, you know, the the corner that was for the Burnley goal, he puts that out for a corner under really no pressure when he doesn't need to. It's the small mistakes that he's making along with some of the larger issues, particularly it's defending set pieces, that has been worrying me about Zabani. But to have Meppen come in, maybe got a bit lucky right at the end of the game to not give away a penalty. But I feel he just has a calmness. He adds a calmness to that defence. I really do feel he does help with that. And obviously Lloyd Kelly did really well at left back. Um, and yeah, Alex Scott was something else. I did not expect to see him playing basically as a number six. Because mm. uh, Billing and Christie were essentially two eights in that game for long periods. It really was Scott playing as the deep line player, really taking that ball, turning and running with it in midfield. And I just looked it up. Bournemouth actually have the second most successful dribbles per game in the league at the moment. And it's considering how we haven't created enough, really, for the for the for the pressure that we've applied to teams. It's great to see players like Tavernier coming back in, Scott playing the way that he has done, Christie trying his best to do it, Solanke always does, taking the ball and trying to take on their man, get past a player. And it really starts, it's really starting to open up games for us. And it really showed, I think, towards the start of that uh, sort of the first 20, 25 minutes of that second half, how effective our press was, how good our players was at just taking the ball and just continually applying pressure to, to Burnley. It was great to see. 
So that's what all the hype is about at the moment, Steve. And let's talk about Alex Scott. We heard about the hype when we signed him. I did a, a sort of chat with a journalist that had followed him through Guernsey to Bristol City. And he said, you've got a player. I'm pinching myself now. We got to see a few glimpses last week. He probably wasn't fit enough to play last week. But Andoni didn't really have a choice. He had even less of a choice this week and he played him at DM. I don't want Alex Scott at DM, but I thought he was fantastic on Saturday. And the way he backs himself, Steve, to control the ball, get himself out of tight situations, take on a player, both-footed, 20 years of age, right? We've got to enjoy every moment with this kid. He can be the shining light. And the minute we get a proper CDM behind him, I mean, we, we could be a proper football side. Yeah, ideally, we don't. you don't want to, to utilise him that deep. I mean, that's obvious. But I, I, I'm not surprised at all because I, I've seen him a few times last season and, I, you know, there was um, a lot of chat about him. Um, and obviously, when we were linked, I did a bit more watching of him. And I thought, you know, when you just know, when you see a player and you just think this this guy's good, you know, you just you just can see it looks like a really composed footballer. And that was, you know, it was the most shocking thing. You Then you get told how old he is and you think, Christ, you know, if he's this good at this age, how good can he, pos you know, where's the ceiling with him? Um, and you're right. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting so much so quickly from him, I must be honest, because he's been out for quite a while. But the intelligence he's got to just drift into pockets of space and be so calm, composed, have real good quality, um, very rarely lost the ball. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he, he looked like he'd been playing in the Premier League for, you know, five, six years, um, but, you know, not his second game. Um, uh, you know, I just can't, can't give the guy enough plaudits. Um, he was man of the match for me. Um, you know why Billing gets it, but for me, Alex Scott ran that game. I thought he was, you know, he was integral to what we did all all afternoon. And uh, you know, we've, <laughs> we're not we're not blessed with a lot of, um, you know, not a lot of our first choice midfielders at the minute. But he is definitely one that we need to wrap up in cotton wool and and really nurture along um, in his development because he will have, you know, not so good days. He's still young, remember. It's not like we've got to pin all our hopes on him and demand too much for him. But, you know, he, he has set the bar quite high already, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, he, he, I, I, I did say to him, I, thought, I, I still think he's got a little bit of the gazza to him as well. I just think he, he's got that little injection of pace. He can go past the player. He's got quick feet. Um, yeah, I... I yeah, it's the, I, I, I think he's our best bit of business in the, the, throughout the summer. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where he goes. Yeah, Matt. And next weekend, it might be Grealish versus Alex Scott. And you never know, in a few years' time, it could be Alex Scott, Grealish and Bellingham setting the international stage alight. I can't quite believe we've got this kid. He, is, he was, like Steve said, don't get carried away. You want to. Don't get carried away. But the talent, I saw enough. Last week, this week, he was even better. And, and he and he picked up that CDM role. He carried the team at times and he, and he got us up the pitch. Yeah, what, what I liked about him the most is, is, is not, not just what he could do with the ball at his feet, but his, his football brain for, for somebody so young, you know, 20 years old. He knows he's just come back from a long-term injury. 
Um, so you, you, if you watched him throughout the game, he was picking and choosing his moments. He, he knew when to when to sit back. He knew he knew what maybe his limitations were on the day. He's only just come back, so he knew he had to manage the game. He, he was needed for ninety minutes. Clearly, as Ariola said, he's you know he's probably you know he's putting he's putting back in ahead of time, isn't he? So he said to him, "Look, I need to get ninety minutes out of you. So I'll leave you to manage the manage your game effectively." And I thought he got it spot on. Um, and it wasn't just what he did with the ball at his feet. He did the basics so well. His positioning was great. You know, when he when he when he picked up the ball in midfield, just a simple pass now and again. The basics were done so good. And then when when it was um, when it was on for him to have a dribble and to create something and to thread a ball through, he did that as well. So for me, not just his his technical ability, but his, his football footballing brain for somebody so young uh, and his maturity even on on the on the pitch. Um, was 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 astounding, really, for somebody that's just stepped up a level to the Premier League. And yeah, re- really, really impressed. I think we have got a, a hell of a player on our hands um, who obviously one day is clearly going to move on from us, but we'll, we'll reap the benefits while we can. And it's, it's, it's a great bit of business for me to, to have got that one over the line because there's no doubt there was a lot of competition in the summer. Um, can't speak highly enough of him. Yes, we've, we've got a manager and we've got to wrap him up in, in cotton wool a, a little bit, make sure we keep him keep him fit um, and obviously utilise him in um, higher up the pitch when we can, when we do, do actually get a, a CDM that can fill the six role, because that's where he's going to do his most damage in the uh, in the eight role for me. He's absolutely tailor-made and perfect for that role. So I can't wait to see him higher up the pitch and I can't wait to see more of the lad because Saturday just showed us a glimpse, didn't it, really, of what, what the future holds there. Can I just add? That it's not what else he does is he can put a he can put a decent cross in as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's got the, he's got it all, hasn't he? He's got it all in his locker. Future's not bright. bad from a free kick. He wasn't far away with that either. It was so good to see some decent balls in the box. I mean, I think Mechan yeah. probably could have had a goal. He didn't really commit to the header, yeah. but it was a great ball into the box. Some love for Alex Scott in the chat from Omid, Matt, Morgan. They're loving it. Some more love though for Bournemouth players. John is a player that. In the last two weeks, he's played in a more natural position. He looks like he's enjoying his football again. You know who I'm talking about, John. It's Philip Billing. He scored from 42 yards. Quick thinking, intercepted the ball with that press, saw the goalkeeper off the line. And I think it's the furthest goal scored in the Premier League so far. Philip Billing, it was the winner. And Doni was vamos. And it was great to see us take the lead late on in the game. Mute. I just realised I'm on mute. Uh, but yeah, it was. I I um I do feel as much as it what it did very much seem like Christie and Billing were playing as the as the two eights is certainly what Billing was definitely the deeper of the two. Generally, um, Christie actually probably is is certainly had a really good go of pressing, particularly the goalkeeper for long for periods. But um, Billing was just picking up the right sort of spaces. Is when I was talking earlier on in this um in the season, sort of in preseason. This was the role that I envisioned Billing having because he was still the second deepest midfielder. He wasn't as deep as Scott and he wasn't playing quite as high as Christie, but he was helping out defensively, but also getting forward and being involved in attacks. Now, obviously, he wasn't getting necessarily into the box in the same way that I hope he does further into the season. But obviously, this goal comes from um, a good press and a terrible attempt at a pass from the right back for Tinia but was intercepted and 
I mean, they've spoken about it already. In fact, it was the same thing that I think was spoken about by when, obviously, unfortunately, Harry Kane's um, goal from yeah. inside his own half has somewhat eclipsed um, Billing's attempt. But exactly the same thing was said in the um, in the post-match in that game as it was in this one. They had identified the keeper takes a high line. And if the opportunity comes, look up and go for it. And, and in this instance, a lot, there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of stick given to James Trafford, who maybe doesn't cover himself in glory, but he's playing in the way that his manager wants him to. It's the manager's fault that they that he's in that position and the right back just sells him completely short. But you need to be good enough to execute the goal. Um, and, you know, it's he's, he's almost, if James Trafford is like two inches taller, he maybe say he maybe just about tips it around the post. But if anything, he kind of helps it in at the end. But it's, it's a great attempt, uh, great goal massive for us obviously and and the thing was is that it was starting to look like that was the only way we were going to get a goal anyway because like i don't remember really too many other opportunities in the second half that we really created we we dominated the ball we were in really good positions for a lot of the time but the, there wasn't really the cutting edge um that you felt as though we really should be we should be getting i mean you know there was a um there was a Solanke sort of flick attempt at the near post, which kind of was a little bit tame from a cross, but it was nice to see a lot of crosses coming in. Um, but, you know, that wasn't fantastic. Um, and then apart from that, I'm really struggling, apart from the Alex got free kick, to come up with too many yeah. other really anywhere near decent opportunities for us in the second half. So it needed to be something special. Um, so that's where sort of like the caveats come in this victory. Obviously, the level of opposition, but then you've also got to consider like, you know, we didn't hit even one and a half XG in that game. And considering sort of the territory that we had, I'd expect us to do better. Uh, but as you said, as, as we said before, you can't look too negatively upon the first real hint of progression and positivity that we've had so far this season in the league anyway, for certain. Steve Wings talking about in the chat about turning over the ball and if we're really good at turning over the ball, if we've got the likes of Tyler Adams in there, we could be even more effective. Do you know what it was, Steve, when we turned over that ball from that poor pass was when you look back now and watch the highlights, you're like, if Billing doesn't score there, you've got like four on three. It's one of those moments. And it's like, thankfully, he did score. But you don't think about it at the time sometimes. But yeah, we were in a really good position to really counter on them. But Great thinking from Billin, took his chance. Yeah, and what it does do is it gets him up, up and running for the season because that's his, you know, we, we've said year on year that we really need Billing's assists and goals and they've been an integral part of our, you know, our play for the last couple of seasons. Now he's up and running, hopefully. Um, you know, there was a comment he made, I think, the other day. He's a, I don't know if he's getting all his politics mixed up with his football at the moment, but whatever he was unhappy about, I hope that that goal's you know, cheered him up no ends because uh, it certainly cheered up the the whole of Dean Court, didn't it? So, but yeah, it's great to see. Um, it's no, you know, we've been harping on about it for since the beginning of the season that he does his best work when he's more advanced, and it's no, you know, <laughs> it doesn't take an idiot to work it out. The last two wait weeks, he's he's chipped him with an assist and a goal because he's been playing in that position. Um, and like you say, when we turn that ball over, and I'd like go back to the Christie thing. I know what people say about his numbers, but I think when you've got that sort of energy in your press and it just galvanises the, the rest of them to sort of come along with you. And so I thought we were great at it all afternoon, albeit, like we said before, Burnley weren't great. But, you know, 
a win's a win and that's all we had to do really it didn't matter how it came um we just needed to get the job done and get that monkey off Iriola's back I mean it's it's a shame it's come when it's come because you can't see that well it's going to be it's going to be a big ask in the next game to follow that up but you know it goes to show that there is there's there the players can take some belief out of what he's telling them um and you know this this system can reap benefits we've just got to be better at it and I think with a few good performances in there from people we haven't seen of late and go back to it like the Mepham's and playing Kelly at left back and bringing Christy back in for that energy Alex Scott's a revelation billing further forward it's all starting to come into place a bit better now um so yeah hopefully it's uh it's more of the same in a few weeks time hopefully Matt and a quick mention for Radu who got his first Premier League appearance, made a big save at the end. And Mark Travers was on the bench, as we spoke about earlier in this stream. I thought there were some good vibes in the warm-up, seeing Mark Travers back. The fans were getting behind Radu in support. And, and he had an OK game. He's going to be in goal on Wednesday against Liverpool, which we're coming up to talk about very, very soon, because we know that Mark Travers is cup-tied. But look, he did all right. I don't think he's a better goalkeeper than Neto, but we definitely needed a fresh pair of gloves in that goal on Saturday. Yeah, I thought he did He did everything that he needed to do, really, Raddy. I, I would like to see him grow as the, as he gets more games, grow in, in confidence. Um, like to see him maybe command his, his box a bit better, be a bit more vocal maybe, and really put his, put his stamp on things as a, as a, as a commanding goalkeeper. But... You know that's 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 me being a little bit picky. I thought he did everything that he needed to do. Him obviously pulled off a great save at the end. Um, didn't really put too much of a foot or a, or, a, or a hand wrong at all. Really, I thought uh, the back four seemed to have assurance from him. Uh, they looked they they looked fairly confident and fairly settled and uh, with um you, you know within behind within behind them. Um, and his post match interview seems like a, a real character, doesn't he? So. I think there's more to come from him, definitely. Um, but yeah, he, he did everything that we've asked him to do. Mark Travers obviously comes back in into the building, and if I was Mark Travers, you know, I'd be I'd be wanting to play. The fact that I've been called back from Stoke, where I'm where I'm really on a a, a good run of form. I'm popular with the club. I'm, I'm popular with the fans. I'm playing in front of twenty plus thousand fans every time. Um, to be called back just to sit on the bench wouldn't really sit well with me. So he's 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 obviously come back to um compete for the number one spot, Travers, isn't he, at the at the appropriate time. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh how that pans out between between the two of them. Um remembering that Neto is only out until the next international break, apparently, uh with his so called injury. So it's gonna be interesting to see how, how that situation evolves now, isn't it, between the three keepers, um, to see what happens going forward because all three of them are going to be vying for that that spot massively. Um, so who comes out on top with it um, is, is going to be um, really intriguing. But yeah, Radu was quite impressed on Saturday. Yeah, didn't didn't really didn't really do anything wrong. Just did what he needed to do, and hopefully more to come. There is some sort of conversations going on in the chat about the last ten minutes. There was a goal disallowed from Rodriguez. We know that VAR mismanagement right there took about five minutes and some and and we do want to crack on with this stream and get talking about Liverpool on Wednesday in Manchester City and we haven't got four hours to talk about VAR we know it's a mess we know they keep messing it up fortunately the result went our way on Saturday and it was offside so at the end of the day we'll we'll think we'll just leave it there guys but what that did mean was that the cherries 
finished outside of the dotted line at the end of the weekend, 17th. And we will then go into two massive games this week, starting on Wednesday, guys, against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup fourth round. We've had a few games against Liverpool in the League Cup previously in 2014 and 2015. Didn't get the results that day. John, Liverpool, I think, are the highest holders of this competition in its history, won the League Cup the most times. I think under Jurgen Klopp, they've had a couple of finals, semi-finals. They've not always got really far in this competition. They might switch up their team a little bit. But it is Liverpool on Wednesday. I'm going to come to a predicted lineup in a bit. I've actually changed it about seven times because I can't decide whether we go strong or we do switch it up and get some of the fringe players into the side. But it is the Carabao Cup on Wednesday and an opportunity to grow from Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity. Uh, how how good of an opportunity it is, we'll have to wait and see. Um, obviously, discussion we can have about whether what we change around. Obviously, I'd imagine Liverpool will make a bunch of changes as well. Um, obviously, you've got the likes of Mo Salah didn't, or at least if he did, he came on very late in the Europa League game. They had midweek. They've Obviously, because they're in Europe, they've got plenty of mid game, uh, midweek games as well. So they'll be switching things up as well. I'm sure you'll see the likes of Endo probably starting. Um, maybe even Jota probably get a bit more game time. Simicast at left back. These these kinds of you know the the less established players uh, for Liverpool. So it gives us an opportunity if we want to go stronger to actually really take it to them. I mean, you saw how we did it against them away from home earlier in the season, where we were aggressive from the off got that first goal and, you know, just weren't able to maintain that high press. And it and it was the the looseness of that that really sort of helped start to capitulate the progress that we've made made in that game. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 you've got to look at Iriola's record in, in cup competitions as well. I mean, even in, in his first job, um, I think, what was it in, uh, Cyprus or Greece, whichever whichever part of the Mediterranean was when he he got his first job, went through a similar issue that he's been going with with Bournemouth. He pretty much didn't win a league game, but was flawless in the cup competitions, and they had to let, they eventually had to let him go because of league form. Look at what he did with with Raya Baikano. Two seasons in a row, he got them to the semi final of, of um, Copa del Rey. So he quite likes a cup uh it does Iriola. so so we'll have to wait and see what happens here i'd imagine he will make a good few changes there's no way he can play alex scott uh in in this game um and you'd imagine you probably see kirk has come back in i'd imagine you'll see Sir smith start radu we know is going to start might see Kiefer more start there's plenty of fringe players that could have an opportunity to play but it will be interesting you could imagine I could certainly see Rothwell starting as maybe even as the deepest lying midfielder. But I think if you look at the um I was furious with him in in the end of that towards the end for that Rodriguez chance because you look at him, he's the one that completely loses Nathan Redmond um to to set the ball through for Rodriguez for the chance that got caught offside. Because he's not. It's just people talking about CDN, he's just not. <laughs> I was saying this the entire week before that game. So to see him just lose his man like that was so frustrating and it almost massively cost us. So if he is going to play, I'd prefer him not to be the deepest one. You may have may even see a cool Kenny. Mm. Play next to Rothwell could see him could see them two of them playing together. So, um, uh, yeah, I, it's it's an opportunity. 
Um, but we can just treat it as a free hit because that's what we should be doing. There should be no expectations that we beat Liverpool in, in this stage of the cup competition and just uh, try and enjoy the ride. Oh, that's a dangerous couple of words. Free hit. I'm not sure you're allowed to say that too often. But Steve, what we do know is that Liverpool beat Leicester in the previous round 3-1. We beat Swansea. Then we beat Stoke 2-0. Rothwell got on the score sheet. And what I was looking at, Steve, was round four, the fixtures. And you will actually find out, or we will see, four Premier League teams lead this competition as it enters the quarterfinals. And if we can find a way of getting past Liverpool, we could have a little eye on a semi-final visit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've still got the likes of Arsenal, Newcastle, Chelsea. There's still some big big names there. Look, I know it'd be great. I mean, personally, I, I mean, I think he obviously will make some changes. But if you imagine if he... They're not awful changes, if you see what I mean. That's the wrong way of putting it. But do you know what I mean? When you really put like a bunch of youngsters in, um, maybe some, like John sort of said, like Rothwell, um, I think give Meps some more game time, see Smithy come in. There's some experience there. And, you know, we've got plenty of players up top who need game time, who need should take it as an opportunity to try and, you know, grasp a place. You know, we haven't seen Clivert for a few weeks. We haven't really seen much of Sinistera. You know, these are, these are games... Uh, Taylor made for them to put a mark on on the squad. Um, imagine if we beat Liverpool. Yeah, David Brock, Brooks is another one. Imagine if we beat Liverpool. What that does for the for the morale? Because, like John said, they will make changes. They will. They won't be at full at full strength. And you never know. Because <laughs> you know, going into the Man City game, what what a high that would sort of cause. You know, upsetting a team like Liverpool. Traore is an interesting one. Ray just brought it up there, but I, I don't really know what's going on with him because he seems to be completely out of favour. Um, so I don't think we... He may be on the bench, but I don't think he'll start. I don't know why, what the problem is there. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be there for the... They're going to be there to have a go at. They're not going to be... They'll probably play their reserve keeper, um, Kelleher. So there will be... There will be an opportunity. Um and like I say, an opportunity for players to stake a place. So Travers is cup-tied. We know that Sinistera is also cup-tied. I'm confident of that. It's an interesting Somebody conversation about, about Lewis Someone said Kirk. about Lewis Cook, yeah. He's cupped, the cup games do count to his ban. I thought, I thought it did, and it's not in my yeah. predicted 11. So I hope I've got that right. So Matt, Charlie Lanners also says, surely Traore plays... Should we do it, Matt? Should we see what I've gone for? I have changed this so much today, by the way, Matt. So let me show you my predicted 11. This is on FanHub. You can join the FanHub community for free. Link in the description. Cherry's Red Army will help you get instant access to the app. Play along. You can do your own predicted lineups. You can get points and also have chances to be rewarded throughout the season. So jump onto it, and there's lots of other stuff you can do in there, including checking in on match days as well. So, Matt, I've got Radu in goal. I've got Smudge mm. at right back. I'm keeping Chris Smith in for more game time. Senesi, yeah. Kirkes, Rothwell Christie, David Brooks more central, Dangu Tara off the right, Justin Cliver off the left, Dom Solanke up top. Seriously, I've changed this about five times That's today. Wholesale. That's what I've come for. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you'd be a million miles away from that. I think it is a delicate balance for um, Iriola to strike, isn't it? Because he 
you definitely can't play Alex Scott. There, there's certain players he's got to manage in, in this squad at the moment. Um, you, you don't want him getting injured. I mean, Solanke's another one that would make me nervous. If we lose Solanke, then yeah, we're in real, real real trouble in the Premier League, as, as we know. The precarious situation that we find ourselves in in the league at the moment means that he has got to be really careful. But on the other hand, like Steve said, you know, you don't want to be going to the Etihad, getting having been spanked by Liverpool a few days earlier. That really is going to sink confidence and morale a little bit, um, having just dragged it out of the mud on Saturday against uh, against Burnley. So it's such a delicate balance to strike. I think Iriola does does like the cup competitions. He wants to have a go. And as a club, you know, we're a Premier League club. We should be having a go at it. We're at home. Liverpool, as we as the boys have said, will make changes. So why, why, why can't we have a go at them? But there is that balance to strike, as always, and it's a delicate balance. And I think with the team that you've selected there, Kirk, you know, debatably, there could be one or two positions there. Does Solanke start? It would be one of them. Does Brooks play in the 10? Would you play with Tara? Who's, who has been shocking to me. I mean, that was, that was a baffling decision. When you're, I think we were chasing the game on Saturday. I think it was still 1-1 when he brings Watara on. And I'm thinking, you really need a winger that's going to run at this defence. Is Watara the man? Because he's in no sort of form. Is he your best pick out of the, all the players to bring on that's going to unlock and open things up for you? Probably not. Um, and it, luckily, Phil Bill's improvisation meant we won the game. But it certainly was through no contribution of Watara. And he's he's out of form at the moment. So there is... There is um, there is a debate to be had over certain positions, but I think on the balance of it, uh, Kurt, what you've gone with there might well be around about right because players do need game time, like Sir Justin Cliver, we haven't seen for a little bit. David Brooks definitely needs it. Joe Rothwell needs it as well. Um, where, you know, Probably Ryan Christie as well. He's got energy, boundless energy in it, so you'd like to think that it'll be good for a, another shift in the middle of the park. So, um yeah, Kirk has to come back in, and yeah, I think it's probably about right. So, it's striking that balance. But I think we have we have just got to go as strong as we possibly can, and just just try and go for it on on Wednesday night, and give them the best game that we can, really. Yeah, I have put Joe Rockwell in there, John. I know we just spoke about him a few minutes ago, but I do feel like it's the Carabao Cup and it's an opportunity to put him in. I like Joe Rockwell. I just want someone more solid alongside him. But I've got Ryan Christie in there, and he can just do a job. He does a job and he runs and he runs and he runs. Any thoughts on that predicted lineup for this game against Liverpool on Wednesday? Because some fans are just going, go for it big, throw Saturday against Man City. Mute. Mute. Sorry. Uh, to a degree, yeah. Um, I I do think that if there was, admittedly, it is away at Man City. So, you know. If there was ever a game to to just you know not really be too concerned about, it's probably that one. But then I think we probably would have said similar things last year about that City game, about the Liverpool game, and then we ended up losing the first one four nil and the second one nine nil, and and that does nothing for your confidence. Uh, so I I personally don't think I don't see Dom starting. I don't think you really can. I think you've got to take the opportunity to rest him. I agree, Dom. Uh, John. When you had the opportunity to, um, I would I would imagine keep more start, and I would certainly have Brooks there close to him. Um, I've mentioned it before. If you're going to play Kiefer Moore, you've got to stop putting your wingers so wide. 
and pull them in to support him and make sure that when you go long, because you have to go long to keep him more, you put three players around him to win the to win the drop downs, which is what we utterly fail to do. Whenever we play Kiefer Moore, the wingers stay wide, we hoof the ball up, and there's no one to win the second ball, um, which is a real frustration of mine for not just Iriola, but Gary O'Neill did it before as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think most of that I'd agree with. And then I mean, I mentioned Kilkenny. I think you could put him next to you could put him next to Rothwell. I think Christie is fair game there as well. He's just a hard worker. He has played that position already for us this season, um, and someone that will run around and hopefully, um, you know, win the ball back in in the middle of the park, which is what you want him to do. But you mentioned Rothwell playing there. It's we all know that he's better going forward, um, mm. and you'd rather have him as an eight or or someone even as a ten. Um, I'm not. I've not don't really like him being the deepest midfielder but he kind of has to be in, in the current situation unless you put like i said unless you put kilkenny there as well next to him which you could do but um against this liverpool side i'd imagine even if it was a second 11 I, i'm not confident about our midfield being able to compete all that well so we'll have to see what happens yeah steve wing asking if we can risk that many first teasers i'll tell you what in the chat we might just Fingers. skip the whole score predictions this week one minute, Steve. We might just skip the whole score predictions this week, but do you think that Bournemouth will be in the quarterfinal draw? So your 60-second warning for that. Yes or no, do you think Bournemouth will be in the quarterfinal draw? Charlie just spoke about it, Steve, about not giving Dom a rest, and I did consider it in my prediction. I know that Semenyo tried to play up top against Stoke. I don't think it worked. I think he's better wide. He might be naturally a striker, but I think he's doing better stuff for us wide. And although I don't have a massive issue with Kiefer Moore, I just feel we're not as effective unless, like John says, we can get some quick players alongside him to to, to play off him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with John on this. I wouldn't risk Dom. I would, wouldn't would risk anyone who's fundamental to our starting eleven. Um, I want to go to Wembley, though. Yeah, no, so do I. But I still think we've got good quality to bring in. You, you know, Kiefer Moore has caused, you know, international defences loads of problems he's caused Villa problems he's caused Tottenham problems he can certainly do a job if you give him the right service and do what we've talked about and what you guys have just said there you know we need people in and around him to get the knockdowns and we need good delivery into him um and and he will he will get you goals he's just that you know he hasn't been getting that so everyone's saying oh he's not on it well you know, he, he proved that wrong. As soon as you do give him that service, he scores goals. He did it top. He did against Tottenham last season, like I said, and he did it. I think did he score internationally um, the other day, not long ago? Yeah, against some minnow on it, but he scored. Yeah, yeah. It, it, equally, you know, give him service, and the guy will score. Mm. Um, no doubt of that. Um, so I don't see, I don't see him as that much of a risk if you just play to his strengths. And I just think that's like John said, it's what we haven't been doing um, when we have used him. And it's a shame because it must be really frustrating for him. Yeah, does love a cup goal. Um, but I, I just think, you know, we've got Cliver, Sinistera, Brooks, Christie, all these players that can play forward and get in and around him who've got good quality. So I don't see it as Traore. We're not even talking about him. I can't believe we've got £25 million player that can't even get on the bench. You know, that's where we are at the minute. Um, so we can bring all this quality in. So I don't, as much as we're changing players, I don't think it's a massive drop-off in quality because there's, there's there's decent quality. We've got decent strength and depth now. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely go with more. 
because I wouldn't want to see Dom get injured. I think that would be awful. I, I literally, I had my hand, a heart in my mouth last time, last game when he went down into, against Stoke and I was like, oh no, don't do that. <laughs> it's the last thing we need him going down. That's very true, actually. Good yeah, point. So I still think he can do a job. I, 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 yeah, and at the end of the day, most, most managers do prioritise the um, Premier League, don't they? Yeah, so... Not a lot of confidence in the chat, but Liverpool are a good team and they've done well in cup competitions. But maybe a little win for the Cherries on penalties, maybe. Paul Mel's talking about potentially trying Cliver up top. And I think we tried that in pre-season. And yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. So we've got Liverpool midweek. So if you go into the game, get behind the team. You, you never know, we might be able to do something in the Cup. And then attentions will turn back to the Premier League at the weekend as we go to the Etihad to take on Manchester City. And we'll have a quick conversation about that in episode 16. But please do support this episode. Do hit the like button and subscribe to our channel because we're heading towards 2,000 subscribers. So, yes, some Bournemouth fans will be making the journey up north as we take on Manchester City on Saturday. They destroyed their Manchester opposition, Manchester United, yesterday 3-0. It's not going to be an easy task, is it, Matt? I mean, Pep Guardiola's one hell of a coach and they're one hell of a side. They have only had two losses this season, both on the road against Wolverhampton Wanderers and Arsenal. No draws, Matt. No draws at all. And they're going to be very, very strong. We don't have a very good record against Manchester City. Never beaten them. Never got a draw. But there's always hope, right? It's always hope. I mean, you look at Brentford last year. Brentford go to the Etihad and win win the football match. Nobody would have uh, forecast that. You know, these things can happen in football. Um, they got it. You know, you, you've got a <laughs> you've got a number of things have got to come together for us to get any sort of result on Saturday. We've got our um, have a, a a good element or a good amount of luck um, it has got to go with us. We've got to set up correctly. So the tactics have got to be spot on. The mindset has got to be spot on. The organ- So much has got to come together. Manchester City have got to have an off day, obviously. that they've, they've got to get frustrated. We've got to frustrate them and we've got to um, overperform ourselves. Um, but as we've seen, football's a funny old game, as St. and Greaves used to, used to say, or Jimmy Greaves used to say. And... Uh, you know, these things can happen, can't they? I, I, I personally, I, I can't see it on Saturday. It, it, I hate to use the word free hit. I think John's used it already. Um, it is a free hit, really, for me. Uh, Manchester City are that good. I, I can't see us getting anything. But you have to be, you have to go there confident, don't you? You have to, at the end of the day, we're, we've earned the right to be in this division um, alongside them. So you've got to go there with, like you say, Kurt, with hope. And you've got to go there and confident that you can give them a game and you can you can take something from it. Um but it will be massively, massively difficult and massively challenging when you look at our, our squad pitted against theirs, how we're going to set up, which we, we all probably know how that's going to how it's going to happen, that the style of play, what Iriola is all about. Um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really, really tough. But, um, you know, for me, I think um, after this after this Liverpool game and the City game, Newcastle at home, I certainly wouldn't write off. I think we've got a real chance of 
getting something from that game just due to the, the the nature of it with Eddie coming back and you know everything that that brings I think we can uh, we can go into that game with with some optimism and then from then on you look at the run we've got then and there's some points to be had and it's we're coming into a really critical period of the season after this uh, after this Man City game I think with the exception of maybe maybe Villa home which is a, a tough one but again a game we can we can get something from we've got teams you know Sheffield United away and Luton's home and Forest away all these teams that are going to be in and around us, Fulham home on Boxing Day, we're going to have to take some some points from because we're playing catch up already. So we are coming into a pivotal part of the season. But uh, yeah, Saturday is a, is a sterner test as you can get in in world football, isn't it? Really. So let's see let's see what happens. But let's go into it with some degree of hope at, at least. Yeah, John, in recent times, we've had 13 matches against Manchester City, including one League Cup against them. 40 goals conceded, seven scored. Erling Haaland, though, I don't think has scored against us, but he is doing it again in the Premier League. He scored at the weekend. We've got to try and stop him. But there is talent throughout that team. Me and Steve previously last season talked about Alvarez coming into the side, Phil Foden's quality. Yeah, we got to stop them because if they get into a little bit of a roll early doors, then then it could become a little bit of a cricket score. Did Harlan not score us against us in our home fixture? What did I can't do? remember. Did we oh, he didn't score when he didn't. He didn't score away because when he we didn't... when we went there, we locked him down. He assisted the first goal, but he didn't score. I think well, he I scored that goal. Yeah, in our home in our home fixture, I have a feeling not the Etihad scored. then. Not no, the Etihad, no. Uh, but he did assist the first goal for Gundogan, which started a. Uh, Started the cascade in the end. Um, yeah, I um, yeah, it's, it's the worst game of the season. Like Liverpool is probably second or third in that list, but away to Manchester City is the worst game of the season. So this, this like, you, you can hope for it, you can pray for it, you can gamble on it, but it's just it's almost it's it's the closest to what's the point you can get as an away fan. I feel like is going to Man City, um, but it's. Um, but it, it's like it's it's with the, with the style that we've got under Iriola, we're we're in our best suited position to get something from this game. I, I I truly believe the way that we play now puts us in the most kamikaze we can be. But in that one percent of games where it all clicks, this is probably the best chance that we've got because we've got the most quality we've ever had. I think as a Premier League squad, arguably, but I think we are there. Just missing a few injuries, obviously. Um, and uh, and we've got a manager that, if things work well, he's already proven that he can beat Real Madrid and Barcelona with a with a rather average side in Vallecano. So um, I don't see it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another four 0 But um, there's there's that one chance in a thousand where you, you, we might pick up a one nil win. Hell, Wolves managed to score two goals with one shot on target in their victory. So, you know, it's anything can happen. That is that is the joy of football. But um uh yeah, I actually I actually completely forgot about tickets for this one. So despite the fact that it's actually only a few miles away from me, on I your don't doorstep. Have- it's on my doorstep and I don't have a ticket for it. So I'm going to be I'm going to be waiting to see what gets ret- if there's any returns, which I I doubt it, but to be honest, I'm probably going to sit here and listen to the goals come in and go, well, at least I don't have that walk home. <laughs> Okay, it's great to have this Monday night stream. Let's throw a little quiz right at the end. And John and Matt can have a think about this quiz question as I get Steve's thoughts on Manchester City. So your quiz question for the interactive chat. We have scored seven goals since the Premier League against Manchester City. And we've had seven 
different goal scorers. Can we get them all? So in the interactive chat, go. Green light is on. Steve, it's going to be a tough ask. You're going to make the journey up to the Etihad. It would be nice to maybe take the lead. We've done that before, I think. So, yeah. Let's give one of them away. I, I may have done. I didn't say the name. I just I, I, I could have it given it right away. At the end. I just, <laughs> um, I nearly did. But um, yeah, what are you thinking after this Liverpool game? Hopefully, we get a good good result in the cup, and then and then we go to the Etihad. Um, I'm not going to say three hit because that'll be three times it's been said. But it's going to be a tough game. No, I'm not a big fan of that th- that three hit um, analogy. It it's one of them, isn't it? it? It's like John said, it's the worst bloody game of the season. We've never had a sniff there. Um, we've never looked like winning a game there, but. Having said that, somebody does always turn them over every season at their place. Um, unfortunately, Wolves have already done it this season. And uh, <laughs> so I think it was Wolves done it this season. Was it Brentford last season? Then Crystal Palace did it the year before that. And yeah, so they're not infallible. I mean, the only thing you say about they lost two games this season, both of those were without Rodri. Um, unfortunately, he's back now. Um, and they looked pretty phenomenal against Man United, albeit a very disjointed Man United on the weekend. They looked like they were getting up to speed this season. So it is a bit ominous. But there's always a chance. You never know. We can You can go up there. Something can go our way. It could be a card or, or a penalty or something like that. Well, actually, no, there won't be a penalty. What am I saying? Never <laughs> a penalty for us. That's madness. Don't be stupid, Steve. I know. Did you see that Twitter thing that some Spurs poke put up today? Oh, right? God, yeah. Right. Did you see Spurs, the blood underneath it going, <laughs> I think <laughs> you'll find. It was mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think we just go it. Yeah. Okay. I'll use the phrase, it's a free hit. We might as well have a pop at them. Um, <laughs> Because you know we, you're not going to defend for 90 minutes against a, a you know, and let them have the ball. They just will carve you apart. So we might as well get about them, try and try and disrupt their rhythm. Um, don't give them time on the ball, and I think that's probably the most effective way to play against them. I think Liverpool have had quite a lot of success you know, pressing them. I think that's the way Palace got about them and Brentford for that matter. Um, Wolves was a bit more counter-attacking, but um, yeah. Let's have a go. Oh, oh no, I've got it's cost me enough to go up. I might, I'd love it if I, you know, finally get, you know, I've been there about a third time now. Something dual win. We're dual win against them. Come on. We have scored seven times against them. Right. Let's rattle through them. I haven't disabled the chat, but Matt, got any goal scorers? Seven goal scorers. We have scored seven times against Manchester City. What you got? I've got four definites. Yeah, I've got... And EFL Cup. EFL Cup. I've got four definites. So I've got David Brooks, Harry Wilson, Charlie Daniels and Glenn Murray. They're definites because I can remember those goals. Yeah, so three left. Josh King. No. John, you got anything? Uh, Sam Surridge in the EFL Cup. Yeah. He was the first one that came to mind. Yeah. Steve? We've got Sam Surridge, David Brooks, Harry Wilson, Charlie Daniels, Glenn Murray. We've got two more. And we have had them Callum. in the chat. Yeah, I was thinking Callum Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. One more that I haven't uh, ticked off. The most, rec- the most recent goal against him was Lerma. Yes. Mark was, that the, was that the COVID one? Yeah. No, no, that was last, last season. That was last season. 4-1 yeah, at home defeat. 
learn oh, the yeah. consolation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Somebody's put there, Blissett, Lawrence and Bishop. That was the free free in 1989, I think. Yeah, it was. I was going that from was the Premier League, really. started. You can watch, yeah. you can watch that on YouTube, that game. Yeah, yeah. The highlights yeah. of it. 3-0 down we were. 2-3-3. Three, three, three. New yeah. for Blissett, penalty, yeah. Brilliant. What a weekend for the Cherries. What a week coming for the Cherries. It's a great moment for Andoni Iriola. He looked absolutely delighted at the end, guys, to see that the Cherries have got a win and the hard work. It's been a tough 10 Premier League games. He's not had all the tools available to him. I think in the main, the fans have been behind him. The next couple of weeks, couple of games are games where we can just attack them see what happens and then there's games coming round the corner against Newcastle at home in Sheffield United where we've got real opportunity to get more points on the board and even through this tough spell we've just got one win and we're outside the relegation zone that just tells you everything you need to know Matt it's been a it's been another great interaction YouTube this will be on the podcast as well great moment to talk about a win it's nice it's what we've needed thank you very much and your final thoughts yeah, thanks, Kirk, for having me. Always always a pleasure. Thanks to everybody that watches, that subscribes, that supports the channel. Um, thanks for all the, the debate in, in the chat. Um, great to have, great to be part of. Thoughts are that, uh, you know, we, we've got the win. I think this is a difficult period coming up now. I just think we've, we've just got to give it our all. I think if we are going to lose these couple of games coming up, it's about losing them. Um, the manner. Dare I say it? it? Yeah, it's the manner in which we lose them. Um, let, let's, let's go into them. And, and give it a real go. You know, that, that's all we can do. That's all we ask as Bournemouth fans. That's all we've, all we've ever asked is for the players to give 100% um, and the, the, the manager to to do his best and the coaching staff to do absolutely their best. And that's all we can hope for. And then hopefully we come out of this little spell and start picking up some, if we haven't picked up any points, start picking them up again. Because that, like I said, I'll repeat, we're coming into a really pivotal spell after the, certainly from the Newcastle game onwards, uh, leading up to Christmas where, we're going to need to pick up some serious points, I think. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what uh, let's see what the next few weeks brings. But whatever happens, win, lose, or, or draw, we'll, um, we've got to stay behind the team as well now, like we did Saturday. Really impressed with the the crowd again. Like I said, the Saturday I thought we were great. Got behind the team, we were patient, stuck behind Iriola, uh, and it seemed united in the stands and on the pitch. There seemed to be a, a united front there, and that's what we've got to continue with. Steve, you did say last week it might not be a complete turning point, but a win absolutely brings lots of confidence into the team, smiles, and that can take into what we're going to see this week. And like you said, it, it might be mainly down to just what we do in the performance this week, and then we get back to really focusing on really drilling in on wins again. But thank you for this evening. Your final thoughts? Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Always a pleasure to come on. Um, yeah, I mean... I'll just echo what Matt said about the um, the crowd at Dean Court on Saturday. I thought it was it was brilliant at times. It's it's the best I've seen it this season, and that's even before you know we could have we could it could have got a bit nasty when we went one 0 down. But I thought the the crowd really rallied, and there was points in that game where we we were constantly singing for 20, 25 minutes. You know that Iriola song, and my hands were red raw from clapping so much. So I think this, the fans are still believing in this project. And I sort of, like Matt said, that's all we can do. And yeah, just, just keep, carry it on. And, and you know, things will, things will develop. Things will get better. The, the formation, the system, 
all of this stuff, the more games, the more times we practice it, the better we get with it. Simple. It's what I tell my kids. Practice most perfect. And you just got to keep practicing, plugging away. And you'll reap your rewards eventually. I just hope that he, I hope that he's given the time um, and that nobody does anything knee jerk from above. Um, because I, you know, we, we've all said we can see what he's trying to do. It's just, you know, having those tools and a bit of fortune, to, you know, goes your way and you get a result here and there. So let's, uh, you know, hopefully we get one on Wednesday. But if we don't, I'm sure the next one will be not too far around the corner. Thank you, Steve. Might see you Wednesday. Safe trip up north on Saturday. And John, we really got to start picking up with this Alex Scott song. We got to take it from Bristol City. It's meant to be an absolute cracker. We got to get behind that because we really need and more songs. No, I need to learn <laughs> it. But uh, John, there might be hope for you yet that you might be at the Etihad on Saturday. Thank you for this evening. Your final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not. <laughs> As if we can get a half decent song going about some players, that but that would I'd appreciate that. Um, What's wrong with Radu? Radu. <laughs> I'm fed up with the Paella song, to be honest, uh, on that one on its own. Um, but yeah, it's 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 tough it's tough being a Bournemouth fan and getting an original football song together. Quite like the Man City one fans, but talking about Man United falling down. I quite that was that was a good one. I don't know whether they caught that on Twitter, but um, yeah, just. As as the boys have said, just to keep getting behind the team. And we mentioned it when when things were crap. So you've got to do it when things are, when things are starting to turn around as well. Um, and yeah, if we don't get any points for the next few games, it's it's hardly the end of the world. We've we've shown that we can win. It's just about finding and taking the next opportunity. Um, that's not really the case in the next. It might be against Liverpool. It's probably not against City. But we have a good chance against Newcastle and Matt rattled off some of the games coming up where we really need to sort of start putting those wins together. So um, for the time being, we'll enjoy this, um, have a bit of fun, hopefully in the League Cup, see what we get against City and then push on for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thank you to you, the fans who's joined us interactively on YouTube and Twitter. If you've watched this back on replay, thank you so much. Do put your comments in there. Love to read all of them. If you've listened to this on the podcast, also get behind that platform. Do what you've got to do to rate Cherry's Red Army and help that grow. But it's an interesting week. The taste of a Premier League win. We've missed it. It's there and hopefully we can grow. I'm hopeful that we can do something on Wednesday against Liverpool, at least take them very far in that game. And let's see what happens at the head. He had at least put a performance in that we can be proud of. From me, John, Steve and Matt, thank you for joining us. Do enjoy the rest of your week. Take care wherever you are in the world. And we'll see you on the next one. Up the cherries. Up the cherries. Up the cherries. Up the cherries. Up the cherries.